Good evening. Welcome to Nighttime. I'm Dave Wager, your host, and for the next half hour, hopefully we'll share some thoughts in a calm manner. I do encourage you to think through what God is saying in His Word and to go to God and talk to Him about what you're thinking. To open His Word and to look for passages that either say what I'm saying or talk about what I'm saying so that you can have a direct connection with God's Word and allow His Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. If you're not one who has their trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior, then the Holy Spirit isn't going to speak to you at all. Because God indwells those who are in His family with His Spirit. And He allows us to understand His Word as we read it and think about it. We should meditate on His Word day and night so that we know what we're supposed to do in life. And thinking about it is something that is harder and harder for our culture to do as we're bombarded with busyness and signals and internet and even podcasts, dare I say. Tonight I want to keep talking about the joy of trusting in the Lord, the peace that comes from trusting in Him. And once again, I would remind you that you can't trust in God if you don't know Him. And the only way to know Him is to get into His Word and, and spend time with Him. And if you know God, you trust Him. If you're struggling trusting Him, it's because you just don't know Him. And I encourage you to spend more time in God's Word, reading and thinking, and understanding the message that He gives to us. I've been thinking about the craziness of the world around us and how easy it is to fear what's going on. There are Christians all over the world that are getting beat up because they're Christians. You can go to Voice of the Martyrs, vom.com or vom.org, I'm not sure which one it is, and, and you can see firsthand some of the stories of people around the world who love God and they're acting like they love God and they're getting persecuted for it. It's easy to fear that all of us can slip into that role because the more you talk about truth, it seems the more culture is trying to destroy you and saying there is no truth. Not really sure what's going on in the world, but I don't think it's a movement of God at this point. I think there's people running away from God and the godless are trying to rule the world, which means there are no real rules other than trying to take care of self and in the process harm a lot of other people. See, God didn't create us to do that. He created us to love one another, not hate one another because we disagree. So when you see people who hate one another because they disagree, that's not of God. In Deuteronomy 31.8, we're told, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. This is actually Moses speaking to the children of Israel before they go into the promised land. It's Moses working at making sure that the next generation understands the most important things in life that they need to understand. He tells them, the Lord is the one that goes before you. And, and he tells them really three different things in that verse. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. 
and you don't need to fear or be dismayed. And I would tell you the same, no matter what your situation is in life, no matter what part of the world you're listening to me in, that God, if he is your heavenly father, he'll be with you. So we need to act as if he's with us. He will not leave you or forsake you. He's never going to leave you alone. You will never, ever be alone in life. And you don't need to fear. You don't need to be dismayed. When I was reading in Biblical Illustrator, it said there were three things, three promises, three assurances, if you want to call it, in this verse. The prevision, the fellowship, and the constancy. The prevision, he'll go before you. The fellowship, he will be with you. The constancy, he will not fail. And when we understand that, we can rest in the fact that our Heavenly Father is in charge of all circumstances of life, that he will equip us to go through whatever we need to go through, that we will be able to do that as we trust in him, no matter how hard it is, no matter what the road is that he puts us on. God does not put us in a place where we will fail if we trust him. Now, if we don't trust him, then we're trust in something else. We're trusting a method. We're trusting our own strength, our own ability. And those things certainly have proven to fail at times. But God cannot fail. He will not fail. And if you know him, you do not live in fear. You live looking for ways to show who he is. The inference really is our father never sleeps. He never tires. And if he is all that he promises, then how can we fear? Let me say that again. The inference here is that our Father never sleeps and he never tires. And if he is all that he promises, how can we fear? Let me read this in context. That was Deuteronomy 31.8. So I'd like to read Deuteronomy 31.1 through the 8th verse so that we have the word of God rather than the word of Dave. It says this, So Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I am no longer able to go out and come in. The Lord has said to me, You shall not go over this Jordan. The Lord, your God himself, will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you. So you shall dispose them. And Joshua will go over as your head, as the Lord has spoken. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Shion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and to their land when he destroyed them. And the Lord will give them over to you, and you shall do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded you. Verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land the Lord has sworn to give their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you, He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. 
Do not fear or be dismayed. I'd like to read that passage again, and while I read it, you think of the three things here that we talked about, these three assurances. Prevision, he's gone before us. Fellowship, he will be with us. Constancy, he will not fail. Think of those three things in these eight verses. So Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I'm no longer able to go out and come in. The Lord has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall dispose them. And Joshua will go over at your head as the Lord has spoken. And the Lord will do that to them as he did to Shion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and to their land when he destroyed them. And the Lord will give them over to you, and you shall do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous, for you shall go with the people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Once again, I was reading in the Biblical Illustrator, and it said this, Strength and courage are inseparable, and the injunction to be strong is nearly equivalent to the injunction to be courageous. Be strong can only mean rally the strength you have. Be courageous means concentrate your strength against danger or difficulty. Courage, then, is the application of force in confronting obstacles. Let me read that again. Courage, then, is the application of force in confronting obstacles. Courage is short-heartedness. The word study, it suggests that the heart is the innermost center, the rallying ground of the forces of moral manhood. Of one who does not or cannot rally his resources of strength, we say that he is discouraged, disheartened, or has lost heart. We are dealing, therefore, with a rational rather than an animal quality. It is a virtue insofar as it involves a rational, self-determined effort in confronting the contradictions of life. It is a quality of character rather than a condition of nerve or muscle. It is the courage of intelligence and the freedom and the courage of self-determined moral purpose, the courage of moral strength, and it has many forms. Psalm 23.4 tells us that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort 
me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I am in tremendously challenging circumstances, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the evil will go away? No. Because you are with me. That's really it. Do you know what a powerful promise that really is, that God would be with us no matter what the situation is? You see, God is always faithful. Even when you and I are not, he is. God is loving. God wants what's best for us. Once you get to know God, you realize that his presence is tremendously important to anything that happens in life. And even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what is it like to walk through a valley of the shadow of death? It's a pretty scary spot. In the book that my wife and I were privileged to write for families called My Shepherd, we had an artist depict what it looked like to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's one of my favorite pictures in the book. We have the shepherd walking through this valley. And as he's walking through the valley, there's a lamb right next to the shepherd, and the shepherd has his hand down on the lamb's head. And if you look around in the valley, you see eyes staring at the sheep. You see the wolves and the enemies all around. But that lamb has nothing to worry about because it's walking through the valley of the shadow of death with the shepherd. It's the shepherd's job to protect the lamb. The lamb doesn't need to protect itself at all. It needs to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with the shepherd. If the lamb decides that it no longer needs the shepherd here in the valley of the shadow of death and rompers off somewhere, it's on its own. It left the shepherd. But as long as it stays by the shepherd, the only thing those wolves can do is look and wish that it would roam for a little bit. I need to make sure that I stay by the shepherd. That's my responsibility. That's yours. If you're roaming away from the shepherd tonight, what is it that protects you? Your wisdom? Your strength? Your power? Your authority? Can you honestly think that much of yourself that you could defeat the evil one with all of your wisdom? That's not possible. There is a way to defeat the enemy. But it's got to be in the context of the way that we were created. And the way we were created was to stay right by the shepherd's side. And as we stay by the shepherd's side, we need fear nothing. Because the shepherd will take care of all of the details of life. And while everyone else is not understanding how to live a peaceful life. We can be in the middle of circumstances that are absolutely disastrous in a world's view and be at peace because he's with us. Psalm 23, 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. For you are with me. For you are with me. For you 
are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God, you alone are worthy of praise, and you alone are somebody we can walk with through the valley of the shadow of death and be okay. Job 5.11, it says, He sets on high those who are lowly, and those who mourn are lifted to safety. He sets on high those who are lowly, and those who mourn are lifted to safety. They understand life. They understand who they go to. Lamentations 3.22-23, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I think I need to read that again. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. God doesn't give us peace like the world gives us peace. The world can promise whatever they want to promise, but they can't deliver. God can deliver. If the world says that you can only be at peace when the circumstances of life are pleasant to you, you're going to be in trouble. Because again, we live in a sinful world and the circumstances of life are not always pleasant. Those who enjoy peace, they enjoy it because of the presence of Almighty God in the midst of trouble. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. John 14, 27. Psalm 46, 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We go to God. We walk with him. In those situations, we will find the peace that passes understanding. It doesn't pass understanding to another believer because they understand where the peace comes from. But it passes human understanding because so many times it is we humans who are trying to look to be at peace because of the circumstances of our lives. Yet we can't control the circumstances of our lives. Today, as I'm talking to you, there's war happening in many parts of the world. There are bombs and lives that have been shattered. There have been businesses that have been lost. Hopes and dreams of whatever could happen in this world is over for somebody today. If they're walking with God, God will guide them through this mess. Oh, the mess will be a mess. It will never be something pleasant. There can always be us looking at this mess, thinking what could have been or what might have been one day but we are never abandoned. We don't need to live in hopelessness because God is the one who can guide us through these circumstances that are less than ideal. God is our refuge and strength. He is a very present help in trouble. Second Corinthians 1, 3, Blessed 
be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. It's God we go to for comfort. It isn't one another necessarily. It's God. If we go to one another, we need to remind each other of the steadiness of God's love, the steadfastness of his plans. We need to remind him that God is the one who ultimately wins, and as we stay by his side, we will win as well. This isn't about the changing of circumstances in life. This is about enjoying God at all times, regardless of the circumstances. I was talking to an individual who was struggling with a bad heart and had to have some surgery. They were talking about how when they came out of surgery, there was this presence of God in their life at that particular moment. Through the very difficult surgeries, through the very difficult times that they had to go through, there was this acknowledgement that God went before them that God took care of them, that they could trust in God, that he was with them during that circumstance. It doesn't mean that the surgeons didn't perform their surgery. They did, but God was right there with them. Could have been guiding their hands. It could have been guiding their minds. Regardless, God was there. And the peace that passed understanding was acknowledging that he was there. The world cannot offer you peace not in tribulation, not without taking the tribulation apart, but Christianity, God, can offer you peace in the middle of tribulation. Psalm 139, 11 and 12, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me, night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is as light with you talking to God once again and talking about how he's consistent no matter what the circumstances are. For me, there are times where things look dark. There are times where things look hopeless. But I need to remind myself during those times that God is not hopeless. That he is one that is light. That he hasn't been lost. That he doesn't abandon me. I have to remind myself of the things that I know rather than what I feel at that particular moment because darkness is still darkness. It's hard to deal with. Again, Psalm 139, 11 and 12, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. See, acknowledging the fact that God can even guide me in the dark if necessary. What he is is the light in the dark. And it's that guidance that we look for. Isaiah forty nine thirteen, Sing for joy, O heavens, and exalt, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. Once again, there's a tremendous testimony to those who go through some very difficult times, and God sustains them through those times. I don't know how many young people I've talked to through the years who would wonder if times got really rough, if they could go through it. Because right now, as they think about those times, whether it be the loss of parents or loved ones or whatever it might be, when they think about those times, they're honestly saying, I don't think I could go through those. 
when I've been told that by a young person, I usually remind them that if the time comes and when the time comes where they have to go through something like that, if they've been walking with God, if they've been seeking Him, they'll be prepared for that moment because God knows how to do that. But perhaps now is not the time to be prepared for it because it's not going to happen. I've shared this illustration before with you when I've talked about a young person coming to me being all distraught because they were thinking about the time when their parents would die and they can't imagine living without them. And when I asked the young person if their parents were sick or if there was a timetable that they were thinking of, they said, no, they're very healthy and doing well. I just can't imagine living without them. I thought, well, God isn't preparing you right this moment for their death then. If, if you are somebody who are going to go through some very difficult times and the Heavenly Father knows you're going to go through some of those times, I promise you he'll prepare you for them. Now, with that said, if you refuse the preparation, that's your problem. If God knows a month from now, two months from now, a year from now, you're going to go through a very difficult time, and he wants you to meet with him and go through the scriptures and think and ponder and meditate on his word so that you know truth, so that when that time comes, you're ready to go through it, but you're ignoring God, then when that time comes, I'm not sure you're going to be ready to go through it. Because those are going to be times that will require the strength that comes from knowing God. And during the times where you should have been getting to know him, you were ignoring him. Don't ever ignore God. Spend time with him. Spend time enjoying him. Spend time loving him and loving one another. Isaiah 49.13 says, Sing for joy, O heavens, and exalt. O earth, break forth, O mountains, into singing, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on the afflicted. Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. It doesn't say blessed are those who don't have anything ever to mourn about. It says blessed are those who mourn. We understand loss. We understand when things don't work the way they should. When we acknowledge that, God is there to comfort us. Psalm 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. I have a responsibility to keep communicating with God and to talk to him honestly about what's going on in my mind, my heart, my soul. And as I cast my burden on the Lord, whatever it might be, he is the only one that can sustain me through that. I will not say that he will change the circumstances. If you've been listening for this whole time, you realize that that's not probably the case. But he will sustain me through that. And he's the only one that can. Towards the end here, I want to get to Romans eight thirty-seven to 39 as it says this. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, 
nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me read that again. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is consistent all the way through history. He will always be there, and if you don't find him, it's because you're the one who moved away. Come back to God. Spend time with him. Get to know him. And if you know him, you'll act like you know him. You'll trust him, both now and in the future. You'll enjoy what he does because he always does things because he loves. Once again, I thank you for sharing the last half hour with me. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute here in northern Wisconsin. Thanks for listening. Good night for now. Thank you.